Welcome, my name is Cindy Bernarius. I'm delighted to see each of you here this evening. I trust that you're all interested in gap year discussions. Everybody in the right place? Very good, very good. Um, this is the third in, in the series of gap year exploration workshops that I've had the privilege of collaborating with um, Dr. Kurz Edwards and Ms. Wall from Health Professions Advising. Um, we've come together to try to put together some workshops that provide a little foundation for um, students who are interested in exploring taking a year or more um, between undergrad and professional school, whatever that might be. So tonight we're going to talk about tips for crafting your gap year experience. I know that for some individuals, thinking about that time between um, undergrad and professional school can seem like a blank canvas and you know, thinking about what kinds of options you'd like to put on there. So hopefully, Tonight's presentation will give you some, some ideas to think about, at least start the dialogue and um, give you some traction as you begin to develop ideas for yourself. Um, I like to know who I'm talking with. I know that there are a couple of juniors here in front. Are there any seniors here this evening? Juniors? Okay. Looks like it's a unanimous junior group. Sophomores? Sophomore. Okay. Welcome. And no first years, right? There was a couple of first years at the Gap Year Alumni Panel discussion a few weeks ago. But um, anyway, so this evening, we're going to touch on a variety of variety of topics. Um, why take a Gap Year? What factors might you want to think about? What are some of the options? Um, where can I find resources to identify options? It doesn't help if you have decided on options you'd like to pursue if you don't have resources to, to help you think more about that. The quintessential question that I have fielded in my spacious cubicle over at the Career Center is what have other Duke students done? I know um, Bobby was at the Gap Year Alumni Discussion Panel a few weeks ago. Did anybody else have an opportunity to attend that? We brought in some current first-year med students at Duke who had all taken Gap Years just to discuss what their experience had been like. So. We're going to talk about some Duke alums and what their particular gap year experiences look like. Is there a timeline for planning? Do I need to be paying attention to particular things to make sure I don't get left out? How can the Career Center help me? And then I'd, I'd love for us to take time answering questions. I'd really like for this not to be a talking heads presentation. So if at any point during, during the um, conversation up here, you have a question, please feel free to, to raise your hand and interrupt so, so we can talk about questions that you might have specifically. And I'll do my best to answer them. Um, I wanted to share these statistics that Dr. Kurz Edwards had shared at the panel discussion a few weeks ago, just in terms of are many people doing gap year experiences? And she got information such that indicating that 51% of the applicants in the 2012 um, class at Duke Medical School had indeed um, taken gap years. They were seniors or alums, so that would suggest that, you know, um, that many individuals had at least one or more years prior to starting med school. Um, the American Association of Medical Colleges has data showing that Currently, the national median age for first-year medical students is 23. Um, at Duke, the median age for first-year medical students is 24. So, indeed, there are 
you know, significant population of individuals taking time after underground. Um, I don't have, we don't have specific statistics indicating, you know, what each senior year was doing, but we can gather from this information that taking year is not um, an unusual option. I know that sometimes students have talked with me about um, their parents having gone to medical school and can't understand the concept of taking a gap year. Well, we just, we just went right on after after we finished our undergrad, and that really was the way that it had been in the previous generations. But the trend is changing. Um, I had also been in attendance at um, a session that was led by Dr. Sondheimer from the AAMC a couple of months ago, and he was talking about um, various things associated with MCAT 2015 and competency-based um, selection processes now. One of his comments that I wrote down on the margin of my notes at Circle was med schools love gap years. So it's it's not an unusual thing to think about. It can be a very valuable and formative time, you know, to pursue something that might strengthen your application or um, help you further define your your passion and your intent for professional school. So reasons that people might want to take a gap year. Um, one of the most obvious is that it allows you to focus on your, your entire four years of college experience, um, giving you an opportunity to engage in additional experiential opportunities, shadowing, um, getting more clinical experience, community service, to really test the waters of you know, being a provider. Um, also allows for your entire um, four years of classes to be showing up on your transcript. Um, it also gives you a little more space to include some classes in your um, curriculum that you might not feel you have the time to do if you're if you're looking to go right from undergrad into medical school. So that's, that's a reason that some people choose to take a year or more. Um, you may be in a position where you feel that there's need to strengthen your application and we'll talk a little bit more about you know what that might look like different opportunities. Um, you might be interested in confirming the fact that you do indeed want to go on to medical school or veterinarian school or um, becoming a physician assistant. You might want to develop or strengthen particular skills. Um, if you are someone who is really, really keen on working with the adolescent population, perhaps you want to invest in time teaching in a high school, one of the myriad of one and two year teaching opportunities that you might take part in. So it might be an opportunity to develop a particular area of your um, growth as a professional. You might simply want to try something new. You've been a student in a rigorous program for four years. You might want to try something completely different that will still um, build you as a candidate for the professional school that you want to apply to. You might want to take a break. Um, I was talking with several students about the fact that undergrad's been hard. I've been a student. I'm really tired of that. I'd really love to take a break because I might be in graduate school, professional school for four years, six years, eight years, that type of thing. So having an opportunity to do something different, not being a student, is certainly a reason. Um, you may be interested in traveling and meeting new people, immersing yourself in a different culture developing a different worldview, all of those experiences might be something that contributes to your growth as a professional. 
So what might be some, some opportunities for strengthening application? Some individuals might be desirous of raising their science GPA or being um, more intentional about preparing for the MCAT, including that as part of their experience before they apply to medical school. Individuals might want to um, develop more opportunities for gaining additional clinical experience, community service or shadowing. Sometimes schedules um, during undergrad could be so compacted with courses and research involvement that you haven't had an opportunity to, to explore some of those other, other um, facets of your experience, and you could do that during a gap year. Um, research. I, I attended an IGSP, Health Careers Exploration Dinner, a couple of weeks ago. It was a panel of a couple of med school faculty members and several current med students, and one individual, she's currently in the MD-PhD track in med school here, but she took a couple of years to get involved in research because she was really wondering if she was interested in pursuing only the MD route or if indeed she was looking for a combination of you know, providing both the clinical and the research aspects to medicine. You might not have had an opportunity to experience research during your undergrad years, so that could be another reason. Why do you want to be a doctor? You know, maybe maybe you are pretty sure, but you still want some time to really solidify for yourself what's driving that. That's going to be something that you'll be communicating to the admissions people, so having additional time to really focus might be um, something that you want. Um, simply having some life experience to bring to your patients. One of the, the other med students on the panel I was just referring to said that one of the most beneficial reasons for him taking a year, and he had been involved in um, working in an emergency room and doing some research, but his view on that time in between undergrad and um, professional school was that it gave him perspective on life experience. Okay so that when he's talking with patients who are in situations of having tight budgets and having different stresses of, of you know, everyday life, he'd actually been in a role that wasn't, wasn't only a student, so that was amazing. Um, developing a focus, um, a commitment to your path, acquiring more experience, really being able to identify in yourself what that passion is for pursuing professional school, fuel you once you get there, because it, it's likely going to be a very rigorous, rigorous path. So reasons for taking a gap year, what are some things that you might want to think about? Um, you've got this blank canvas. How, how am I going to begin to think about that? Um, one of the handouts that was up at the back is called Nine Domains for Crafting Your Gap Year Experience. I took the liberty of um, modifying one of the tools that we like to use at the Career Center. Um, that tool is called Nine Domains to Find Your Fit. But we use that to help individuals think about different aspects of their life that um, can help make decisions about directions that you want to head. So I would really encourage you to, to take an opportunity to, to go through these different nine sectors, if you will, things to think about, kind of give you some lenses as to identifying 
options, to identify things that might be of value to you. Um, just quickly running through them, knowledge, what areas of knowledge might you want to increase during that, that time before professional school skill. School, um, skills, what skills might you want to develop during that time? What might be your goals for the, the time before you um, head to professional school? I think, you know, being able to articulate, these are the things that I'd really like to see as outcomes of this year, can then help you determine types of options that you might want to explore and pursue. What are personal personal and work values that are going to be important as you make those decisions? Is it going to be important to you to be in your family during that time? Um, is it going to be important for you to be in a position where you're going to have, you know, a decent level of authority? Um, you know, what, what types of values might be important in considering that? What are the types of environments that you'd like to, to involved in? Are you someone who prefers to have a structured, programmatic um, experience? Um, or are you someone who prefer to have an opportunity to design your own project in a social entrepreneur type situation? I know um, here at Duke, the Heart Fellowship is one of those opportunities that allows you to design your own project um, in a developing country. Some people really enjoy the opportunity to design their own Others prefer to have something a little more prescribed is there. What types of relationships would be important during this time? Um, what kind of compensation is going to be important to you? Is the amount of money that you make going to be important? Um, is it going to be important for you to be compensated in terms of the relationships that you develop? If you're going to be mentored during that time, having strong relationships with um, peers and individuals. Where do you want to be? That can be a, a big decision, particularly as you're looking at your timeline for applications. It would be um, perhaps rather difficult to think about doing an international experience and try to overlay that with applying to professional school and being called back to the United States for interviews. So, you know, really thinking about whether or not you're looking at a domestic or an international experience ahead of time. And then, you know, what difficulties do you see ahead that you might need to might need to think about? Um, what, what kinds of challenges might you might you be facing? Who can you enlist to think with you about those kinds of things? So ultimately these are these are domains, if you will, to um, get you to start thinking about and reflecting on what you'd like this experience to, to look like. Ultimately this is time for you to design experience that will be be meaningful and fulfilling for you as a developing professional, but um, having a lot of wonderful resources without really having taken time to reflect on the directions that you'd like to head, that can make the process even more confusing and, and difficult than it needs to be. Anybody have any questions so far? Comments? Things you've been thinking about? Okay. Options. So we're going to run through a variety of options here. Um, what I have up on the screen is not the sum total of the different types of things within each of those options. If you kind of think of these major headers more as different lenses that you can kind of look at this experience through, um, you might be very interested in teaching. You know, teaching internationally, teaching domestically, you might be interested in research 
you want to do that in an academic institution? Do you want to do more of a basic science research? So we'll just go through some of these options to begin giving you handles for thinking about opportunities that you might begin to explore. Obviously teaching. Um, some individuals have um, strong experience teaching through community service opportunities here or um, volunteer tutoring. You might want to continue on with that during the gap year experience. There are a host of one and two year teaching opportunities that you might you might begin to explore. Teach for America is probably one of the most well known and publicized ones on Duke camp, Duke's campus. That's a two year commitment. Something like Citizen Schools and City Year. That's a single year. There are a host of other opportunities that you can identify um, going to a database of postgraduate scholarships and fellowships that resides on the website for USAF, Office of Undergraduate Scholars and Fellows. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. I've provided the link to that, um, that website. You might want to teach in Japan. There's a Japanese English teaching program. So that's an option. Um, study. You might be looking at this time where your um, preparation before professional school includes some kind of academic involvement. Um, scholarships and fellowships, there are a wide variety of academic scholarships and fellowships available, particularly some of the more um, prestigious big ones, like the Fulbright, the Rose, Marshall Scholarships. It's important to know that the timeline for applying for those is before your senior year. In fact, there are information sessions for those scholarships and fellowships. Those scholarships, Fulbright, Marshall Rhodes, um, another one, USIF is hosting information sessions for those next week. So if you're interested in considering something like the Fulbright, be sure to check the USIF website to get the information on um, when and where those information sessions are. If you subscribe to the listserv that I curate out of the Career Center, I included that information in the email that I sent out earlier. But um, yeah, that's, those are timelines that, that you really need to pay attention to because several of those, those awards require um, institutional nominations. So there's both the institutional application deadline and then the application deadline to the actual award. So it's really good to get a heads up about that sooner rather than later. Um, your study might include post-bac programs or unstructured record enhancement. What that refers to is some individuals are really interested in um, taking some additional um, courses to, to bolster their ability um, to, show their, to show their ability in handling upper-level science courses. And you might take classes at a state college or university in your home state to not be quite as as a post-bac program. I wanted to talk just briefly about post-bacs. Um, there are two major types of those. Um, the career changer programs would be for individuals who perhaps late in their college career decided that they wanted to head to medical school or dental school and had not been taking all of the pre-health requirements along the way. Those programs are a year of very intense science backgrounds designed specifically for that population. Um, record enhancer programs might be somebody whose GPA is just kind of on the borderline and they might want to have a structured opportunity for um, improving
improving that and also get additional assistance with preparation for MCAT um, application to medical schools. Really strongly advise that um, if any type of post-bac program is something that you're considering, that you talk with the pre-health advisors over in the HPA office. There are a lot of programs out there. They have varying success rates in terms of preparing their students for medical school applications, percentage of students that, that are accepted. So it would really behoove you to, to talk with folks in HPA if that's something that you're considering. Um, it can be a lot of a lot of money and you know perhaps with your situation there might be other options that would um, suit you better. So those are out there. Um, consider getting some good advice about navigating that. Um, another option is getting a job. You might be interested in exploring the business side of health. And I talked with several seniors last fall who were on the pre-health track but were really wanting to check out a more business application of their healthcare, their um, healthcare interests. So for those individuals um, checking out positions in healthcare consulting or pharma and biotech consulting was an option. Um, you might be interested in, in pursuing something in the workforce. Um, those are different lists that could help you help you um, explore different employment options. You might be interested in research. Um, the NIH has a, a great one to two year program, the um, Post-Baccalaureate Intramural Research Training Award. Um, that's that's a, a program that a number of Duke students have taken part in over the year, years. Um, clinical Research associ Associates and Assistants, those are clinical research positions, um, perhaps in departments of psychology, or other social science places where there's more of an opportunity to be working with patients as opposed to a basic science laboratory experience. Many of those positions, as, as I am learning more about those types of opportunities, they're talking specifically about um, seeking individuals who are interested in heading to medical or dental school. Um, they're positions that are designed for one or two year, two year stints. And of course, labs are interested in more other Fellowships, working fellowships versus academic fellowships. We, we use the, the broad umbrella term working fellowship to describe a wide variety of opportunities of one and two year, um, two year durations. Um, Teach for America would be something that we would classify broadly as a, as a working fellowship. There are a number of those types of opportunities listed in that database that I referred to. Um, that's certainly an, an opportunity to consider for a one to two year um, stint. Domestic and international opportunities, and you know, you could, as you explore that database and explore other um, website resources, you know, there are different sectors. You might be interested in something that's more of a social justice um, focus or social entrepreneurism. Um, obviously, there's biomedical health and medicine, so a working fellowship could be an opportunity. Internships, um, different organizations have six months, three months um, uh, opportunities that they're referred to as internships. Some organizations call those fellowships, but that's another opportunity to consider. Um, I know that the CDC's Office of Minority Health and Health Equity 
University has a variety of positions that they offer as internships. They offer to undergraduates, but also postgraduates as well. So that could be an opportunity to explore, depending on your interests. International options. Again, considering the travel that might be associated with your application process here in the United States. And then simply designing your own experience. What might you like to do? Travel, volunteer, do something completely different. You might be interested in hiking the Appalachian Trail and creating a photo documentary of that. Um, how might that be a valuable experience prior to professional school? We talk about the hardships that you know you were able to navigate and overcome, people that you met along the way, um, just some of the insights you might have gained about yourself and your direction. So where can you find resources to identify options? I have provided another um, resource here for you to take a look at. Again, this just begins to give you some, some of the options that are available. Um, the internet is replete with opportunities for um, exploring gap year potential. I know that that can seem like, well, duh. Um, but I think I've discovered some really amazing opportunities by doing creative Google searches. So, you know, if, if you haven't found that type of opportunity from the myriad of resources that are listed here, you know, certainly going out and being creative in, in some of your Google searches can help you identify things. Um, people resources, talking with professors, your board of advisors, are those individuals that you really seek um, counsel and, and guidance for various decisions. Um, the Career Center website can definitely be an internet resource for identifying various options. Um, job resources. Also remember that while you're still on campus here next year, some of the, the events that the Career Center sponsors would definitely be ways to check out different options. If you're interested, for example, in um, you know, a one or two year teaching opportunity, there are frequently representatives from um, Teach for America, Japan English teaching programs, City Year, um, Citizen Schools that are at, at career fairs. You could certainly have opportunity for face-to-face -face conversations with them. Um, if you're interested in exploring Healthcare consulting opportunities. There are a number of those firms that come to campus for information sessions. So keeping an eye on the calendar on the Career Center website for different types of information sessions might be a good resource. Um, just quickly taking a look at this handout. Yes, sir. So just like when like Career Center stuff happens, like when people are here like looking to hire people, well, they want to like hire hire people. Like I know some programs like one to two or two year firms like. Aren't a lot of places like they want to hire someone that will appear to like, stay for a year than Well, I think I think that's that's something that you you need to evaluate. You know, if you're going into that type of situation, you know, would you feel comfortable accepting a job and then turning around and leaving after a year? I talked with several pre-health students last year who professional med school is is part of their goal, but um, they're going to work for advisory board. Washington DC for a couple of years where they're going to work with Putnam Associates for a couple of years. So, you know, I think you, you wouldn't want to, um, you know, indicate that as your intent during the, the interview process.
of your your consideration. You know, if that really was a place where you you wanted to commit some time, um, it might be worth committing a couple of years to that. But I, I certainly wouldn't rule that out um, as an opportunity if that's something that you're interested in. Thanks. That's a good question. Other questions? Okay. Um, examples of websites to explore. Um, I wanted to point out on here that the Office for HPA um, web, web page, Taking a Year or More Off, definitely keep that in mind. They've got some great resources and things to think about as you're, as you're considering options for um, finding your gap year. Um, so just running down the different, the different options that we referred to earlier, Teach, um, those three websites are just three of a very small number, of, I mean, a very large number of options available. Yes, in the back. Uh, at what point after you graduate, because, um, like, I know, like, the Career Center and Health Advising will, like, help you, like, a year out after graduation. But is there, like, say you wanted to take two gap years or three, like, could you come back two or three years later and be like, hey, I was a new student in 2014. Will you help me out? Alumni can receive career services at the Career Center up to four years out. Okay. So, and what about like health professional advising? You know, I I have not talked with them specifically about that, but if you go to the Alumni Association website, um, alum can receive services after that. That's really a good question. I really need to, to clarify that with health professions advising, but as I've been talking with Ms. Wall, she talks about um, you know, connecting with alumni, so I'd certainly reach out find out you know, a specific answer, and, and okay. I will too. All right, That's thank a you. great question. Yeah. yeah, I guess, because the committee letter is required for med school applications, so I'm assuming that it would have to extend for quite some time, at least for HPA, at least doing that. Mm -hmm. um, That's so, a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know what the, what the far end for that is.
talking with the pre-graduate advising office here on campus would be a good option too. Um, work, a variety of uh, websites there. DukeList is a great resource to check for research positions on campus, other types of employment. Um, research, again, DukeList is a great opportunity. I've provided you with the website for the NIH post-bac earner program there. If you're interested in that, they have a really great video that walks you through the application process. So I'd recommend investing <coughs> a few minutes um, taking a look at that. This next position uh, entry here, post-bac research assistant slash coordinator positions, that link takes you to Catholic University of America, um, the Department of Psychology, one of your senior Duke cohort members here who's currently exploring gap year options, found that website. There is a wonderful spreadsheet that lists clinical research associate positions throughout the United States. Um, the name of the lab, the location, what they've been studying. It's not specifically advertising positions available now, but it's laboratories that have had these types of positions available in the past, so it would be a great starting point if you were maybe interested in that. Fellowships, again, database I refer to, um, internships, you can you know, look at a variety of opportunities for that. Um, international, I've provided a couple of websites for exploring international opportunities. And then down at the, down at the bottom there, resources from other institutions. Um, it can be a fruitful adventure to check out the websites of other career centers around the country. And that's what those three options are. I have a couple of um, institutions that I keep my eyes on for benchmarking purposes. You know, I, ooh, I really like what they're doing here. And those, those websites all have some good resources, I think, for helping with the gap year planning process. So resources, abundant, but take the time to reflect on what you'd like your experience to look like before you get inundated with resources. So what have other Duke students done? Um, here is a list of four Duke alums who took varying lengths of gap year experiences prior to heading to professional school. Um, I think this is a particularly interesting um, story. This was a, Amber was a drama major here at Duke, and when she graduated, she went to the West Coast and was in theater for a while for a number of years, and then decided that she wanted to pursue veterinary school. Came back and graduated from vet school at State, and she's currently a, um, a veterinarian in the area here. But um, Amanda, she was one of the panelists at the discussion a couple of weeks ago. She had um, been vacillating between teaching and medicine, she said, throughout her entire career here at Duke. So she um, took a two-year did with Teach for America, and then actually came back and taught two years in the Durham Public Schools here. And it was during that time that she really solidified her desire to head to med school. That was really how she wanted to impact people rather than in the classroom. But again, um, medicine has a large teaching component to it. So you can see that um, what students do is many and varied. Um, a friend of mine, when asked the question, what do students do for gap year experiences, her immediate response was always anything and everything. So there's no set um, plan. 
things to look like. Timeline for planning, I mentioned that earlier. It's definitely um, helpful to keep an eye on different types of opportunities that you might be interested in so you aren't excluded from pursuing that because you've missed a deadline. Um, we talked about the scholarships and fellowships. Many of those working fellowships that I referred to um, a, a moment ago have deadlines throughout the year. So if you're interested in, in some of those, it's a good idea to kind of get an idea for where those deadlines fall during the, during the year. Um, the clinical research positions that I was referring to a moment ago, um, those tend to start appearing um, late winter, early spring with people transitioning out of, of other um, opportunities. So, you know, you might be interested, you might know that you're interested in something like that in October, but chances are those aren't going to be posted for a number of months yet. In that case, you might reach out to particular labs that you're interested in to see what the possibility might be. So, um, as this last bullet point states, explore options and make networking contacts early on to, um, to set yourself up for, for good opportunities. How can the Career Center assist me? Um, we'd love to have conversations with you working through those nine domains. If you're you know, having um, challenges really trying to decide on what direction to go. Um, we can assist with resume, cover letter, personal statement um, documents. Next week, I'm going to be facilitating a workshop that talks more specifically about some of the nuts and bolts that might be associated with applying for some of these types of positions. But obviously, we're, we're delighted to assist with those kinds of, kinds of reviews. Um, mock interviews. Um, I've, I've done several mock interviews for individuals who were applying for Teach for America positions. So if you're applying for um, you know, a working fellowship or even another <coughs> type of job, mock interviews at the Career Center is definitely an option. We do not um, do mock interviews for professional school interviews. Um, Heather Stanford in HPA has been working with developing systems for helping students um, get practice with mock interviews for next school. But anything else, we would be delighted to assist you with that. Um, networking preparations. If, if you're interested in particular fellowships and you'd really love to have an opportunity to talk with somebody, we'd love to help you strategize about ways that you can get, connect with people to, to do that. Um, appointments, we have 30-minute counseling appointments face-to-face, -face, or Skype as I was <coughs> mentioning before, or um, during the academic year, we have 15-minute drop-in appointments at Smith Warehouse. Um, other times during the year, for example, during your senior year next year, we have different places on West Campus where we'll just set up shop or drop in resume review, cover letter review. So um, please feel free to take advantage of that type of thing. We don't have the drop-in advising hours during during the summer. That goes away. So questions, any other questions? That's great questions. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. I know a lot of this is broadly applicable across like all majors of study, but is there any consideration taken for those from the engineering backgrounds um, to see if they've gone in any specific like engineering fields related to that, or is it all just generally some of the data? 
Sorry, that was really bad. But. Try, try again. Engineering fields. Yeah, I mean, is, is there a section to see where people coming out of engineering and do have gone? Yep. Or is it all? Peers. Yes. That's a good question. I have I have not yet um, begun to acquire alums in that capacity, but that's that's definitely a, a good thing to inquire about. Um, you might contact the person at Pratt who works with alumni relations there to see if she might have any information about that. That's a good question. I have not yet developed enough of a a gap your alumni database myself to, to be able to answer that. Yes, there's another question to that. Yeah. Um, so what if in your gap year you want to do something that may not like, like for example, that hiking through the apps and doing photojournalism has no real relationship to med school, that it's not medically related, it's not <laughs> service, it's not, it's not anything that like you would think of when you're thinking like medicine, being a doctor, etc. Like even like a soft skill or a hard skill or even like a subject matter, it's just completely out there. It's completely different. How does that how is that viewed <coughs> by med schools? Um, I think I think that there are how it's viewed is how you view it in terms of what that has done for developing you as a person. I mean, you are certainly going to have experiences that will give you broaden your worldview, um, broaden your experience. Again, talking about navigating challenges, you know, what are some things from that that, um, you know, have made you a stronger person? Um, have, um, during that time, you know, how were you able to clarify your desire to go to medical school? I think, I think that it looks very far away, but that can be an opportunity to, to think about how that's growing you as an and what that can contribute to your, you know, future personhood going into a service. So almost anything could do that. Like you could really, any activity you do could really grow you as a person. Like, be like that experience kind of, there's a ton of experience that showed me this and that, but then in the end I decided that reaffirmed my commitment to going to med school. Okay. I think, I think that the, what is your name? I'm Hirsch. Hirsch? I think Hirsch, the, 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 important piece of that is that you are able to articulate um, what that time has done for you in your essays. Um, you know, if if you if you're not if you're not able to articulate what it is that you're bringing to, to the application process, then then that could be a harder thing to, to try to. So I guess like a, a side question is, what do you think med schools? prefer one or the other? Do they prefer like the maybe do a year or two of research that like say more kids do or do Teach for America or do they prefer, would they be like, ooh, that kid did something really random and out of there and like I would love to have someone that diverse in my class? I think, I think that what med schools are looking for is how that, how that experience, how you are talking about that experience, how you are incorporating that into your, your application mm -hmm. and expression. It's the same thing with the GPA. You know, just because somebody's got a, a 3.99 GPA, it doesn't mean that you know that's going to make them a stellar physician. Just because somebody has done some really cool research, doesn't mean that that's going to make them um, a stellar physician. I think you know they're looking for more than just what shows up on the paper. How are how are you talking about that? And that's also going to come out in your interviews and how you talk about your experience. So I don't I don't think that you know there is a 
you've got to do this, or this is looked at more highly. I think it's how you see that preparing you for the profession that you've chosen. Very good. Thank good you. Question. Other questions? <laughs> going once, going twice. Alrighty, well, next Tuesday, over in Search Style 136, I'm going to talk about the nuts and bolts of the um, some of the job search essentials associated with that. Talk more about personal statements. Um, that could be something that you'd be faced if you were applying for some of those fellowships or scholarships. Um, talking about interview strategies, that type of thing. So would love to see you there, if you would find that helpful. And connect with us. Yes, we are open regular hours during this